Internet is very vital to our community and not having that access, you know, is a weakness that is now going to be fulfilled with this with this summit. Welcome to episode 385 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. While the Community Broadband Network's team has been fighting the cold and snow in Minnesota, Christopher recently spent a week in Hawaii. He wasn't on vacation, though. He was attending the Internet Society's 2019 Indigenous Connectivity Summit. While he was there, he interviewed Brandon Maka'ava'ava, a local broadband champion, and Matt Rantanen from the Southern California Tribal Chairman's Association. Regular podcast listeners will recognize Matt, who's been on the show in the past to talk about advances in tribal networks and how local tribal communities are making better connectivity happen for themselves. During this conversation, you'll get to hear the purpose of the summit and how the annual event has evolved. You'll also get to hear about how Brandon's indigenous community has found themselves in a situation where high-speed connectivity from the big providers isn't headed their way. We learn a little about his people's history, which has contributed to their current situation, and their decision to pursue self-determination. We get to hear about one of the purposes of the summit, a deployment of a community broadband network in Brandon's village. Even though the environment is far away from many of the rural communities that we usually report on, we learn that many of the roadblocks are the same. Now here's Christopher talking with Brandon Maka'ava'ava and Matt Rantanen at the 2019 Indigenous Connectivity Summit in Hawaii. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast, Hawaiian edition. It's Chris Mitchell from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, and today I'm back with Matt Rantanen and a new guest, Brandon Maka'ava'ava, who's from Waimanalo. Welcome to the show. Aloha. Thank you, Matt. I mean... Chris. No, that's fine. <laughs> that's, that's, that's totally perfect for the intro. Um, Matt, who are you? Matt Rantanen, Director of Technology for the Southern California Tribal Chairman's Association. I'm also partnering in business development for Arcadian Infracom, who's building fiber across the southwest of the United States through the Navajo Nation. We are, um, we're here for the Internet Society, and we're starting on the Big Island for two days of background on what uh, all kinds of North American indigenous connectivity, what's happening there in that sort of a space. And I'm going to give the mic back to Matt in a second to, to go a little bit deeper, but we're going to be going over to Waimanalo to actually build a community network. And this is going to be I mean, we're not just talking about like how to build it. We're going to go learn how to build it and literally turn screws and attach wireless devices to things. And Amazing. you're going to have, you're going to have connectivity when we're done and, and you're going to be in charge of making it keep going after that. So Matt, why are we, why are we here? What is this uh, indigenous connectivity summit from the internet society? So this is the third annual indigenous connectivity summit. And it's really an opportunity for indigenous folks to get together to support the concepts of building networks and, and, bringing community networks uh, together to share opportunity for those who want to build new community networks, those who want to solve problems within their community networks, and those who want to understand policy um, and funding and, and opportunity around this space. We feel that uh, with the lack of provision by the existing incumbents to the Native American communities, it is our duty to provide for ourselves and uh, dictate our future and become uh, self-determined. So this is the third Indigenous Connectivity Summit. The first two, uh, first one was held in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and that kicked it off. Uh, we had tribes from Canada and the U.S. Uh, convened for the for the very first time, and we were able to have conversations and realize the value of this group getting together. 
Uh, it spawned a lot of projects. Um, a lot of networks were being built because of that actual meeting. And I, I can specifically address three of those projects, uh, having consulted as, as a free service to, to our own communities. Uh, the second one was held in Inuvik, 200 miles north of the Arctic Circle. A very extreme change in temperature, uh, geographic location, a completely different place. Amazingly enough, uh, the same exact problems, the same exact issues with uh, connectivity and access to communications. And here we are in Hawaii, and, and we see the same thing. Yeah, the problem for, for our community, at least, is, um, you know, Hawaii is a pretty small place. Like, we don't fit the, the usual description of what rural is because everything's within less than 100 miles. We're less than 100 miles to the city of Honolulu. You know, we're less than actually 20 miles. So we're not really recognized technically as a rural area. So sometimes we get left out of the picture as far as um, getting rural funds to us to, to have companies like the one we deal with, which is Hawaii Telecom, to actually come out to us. So they give us this whole spiel of it's not economically feasible. And so when that happens... Um, our community gets disenfranchised. It it it's it's it, it gets pushed back and it gets ostracized and it gets suppressed even more. And so we feel that this opportunity now with the Internet Society and them coming out and helping to kind of spearhead this initiative to build our own network so that we, like how Matt said, we can self-determine our future falls right in line to what we do as the nation of Hawaii in Waimanalo. The nation of Hawaii is a is our organization that that actually governs over our lands where this network will be put up. Now, this is the first time that we have actually partnered with the state of Hawaii with Bert Lum, uh, with the DBED department. Uh, Bert Lum is actually the broadband expert, strategy expert on um, implementing broadband across Hawaii. So he went to um, one of the Internet Society Indigenous Connectivity Summits last year, and he got them to say that, you know, hey, why don't you come out to Hawaii next year because we have communities out here that actually need the help. And so when he came back, he tried to look for an indigenous community that could kind of fit the parameters that, that would be able to run their own network. But Hawaii is a very unique place. Um, Native Hawaiians aren't federally recognized. And um, we, we come from a history of, in 1893, our people, we had a sovereign and independent nation. And that nation was overthrown with the help of America and businessmen. And so for over 125 years, we've been stuck kind of like in this limbo of not really getting federal funding, not really getting any kind of assistance. We've just been kind of like stuck out here to kind of figure it out on our own. It wasn't until 1993 when President Clinton signed the apology law that we, that the federal government and the state ever acknowledged the wrongdoings that had happened. And at that time, um, the leader of the nation of Hawaii, he organized a bunch of houseless Hawaiians to actually occupy lands that the federal government had just apologized for stealing. 
And so we actually leverage that occupation, which was at a beach called Makapu, into the first ever sovereign Hawaiian land base in existence. So for the last 25 years, we've been in a village called Pu'uhonua Waimanalo, where we have our own autonomy, where we have our own set of rules. We don't ask the state of Hawaii what to do. If we need houses, we build them. If we need roads, we build it. And so this is the first time that the state of Hawaii, through somebody like Bertlam, had the vision to look at us as, hey, these guys might have the way for us to bring something like the Indigenous Connectivity Summit here without having to go through the usual red tape that the state has to go through and the federal governments have to go to. And, you know, we just met everybody in June, and this is November, and we're, we're rolling already, and it's happening. And so I, I think um, just our involvement alone allowed the state to, you know, to, to live up to what Brett wanted to do, which was bring the, the conference to us. And in turn, we have finally found like a mutual goal, which is to build our own community broadband network because this will be the first ever in the state of Hawaii. Right. There are no community networks, to, to my knowledge, and not to yours either. None at all. So that's a, it's a good description of the, the collective situation. I, I want to just quickly get a better sense of you personally. Um, for people who aren't sitting in the room with us, which is everyone on the planet except for us, um, the two of you, I mean, Matt, you're like six foot 20, and Brandon, <laughs> you're like six foot 30. Um, did you get into this because as the tallest person, it would be easier for you to put radios up? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, my uncle is not six thirty, but he's <laughs> he's pretty intimidating. So if he wants to do something, he tells me to do it. I just do it. <laughs> and who, then, who's your uncle? My uncle is the head of state of the nation of Hawaii. His name is uh, Dennis Bumpy Kanahele. You guys can Google him. He's he's a he's a controversial figure in 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 our Hawaiian community, but he stood for what is right and. Um, you know, he he being like this um, independence force in Hawaii, it, he's always open to the opportunity for us to take advantage of situations such as this. And we felt that, like, it was a no-brainer. If we had people like the state of Hawaii, like Bert Lam, involved, we had people like Internet Society, which was so gracious in, in lending their expertise, bringing in other partnerships that actually helped us push through this initiative without us coming out of pocket see because of our stance we we've been kind of ostracized here and and so anytime we want to do something we got to come out of pocket for everything and, and so this is like a no-brainer for us if, if they're going to provide the service and they want to do it you know we know how important the internet is without the internet we'd have to rely on regular media and regular media doesn't really paint us in the best picture so Internet is very vital to our community, and not having that access is, um, you know, is a weakness that we see that is now going to be fulfilled with this with this summit. I think one of the things that um, I've seen in the in the last eighteen years of working in community wireless and working with five hundred and seventy three federally recognized tribes, and now, um, you know, Native Hawaiians, I think that um, Brandon, to me, you are the champion of this um oh, your uncle you. your uncle is is uh, obviously the motivator and uh uncle bumpy is wonderful but you are the one that will probably take lead and 
and manage the determination of the future of this network and and how it evolves and and work with your people to you know to grow this and um and that's the required element in every situation in indian country across the united states across canada um, and across other continents in the world is you have to have somebody on the ground that embraces the technology embraces the concept of the network and what it means to the community and is the champion of that. And so that's how I see you. And since you're bigger than me, yeah, you're my champion. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, Matt. And um, we're growing into this, but we see the potential of how high-speed internet access lifts up communities. And, and it's all about empowerment today. You know, we're this, we're, we're, we can't be stuck in this victimhood thing where, you know, we're just going to accept whatever is given to us. No, we have to, we have to find ways to, to create independence and to create situations where our people prosper and, and it's governed and, and controlled by our people. And so that this creating this community network, it, it just fits. It, it fits what we do and it fits where we're going, which is for total independence for our people to, to have the best opportunities that everybody else has. And so this is an empowering event. And so to, to build on that a little bit, you don't, you're not seeing this just as the technology. It's, no. just, it's not just about having better broadband internet access in Waimanalo. Right. So why is the community ownership important? And, and you, you mentioned how it fits into the, the, the greater independence struggle, but, but tell me a little bit more about why that community ownership is, has been important to you. I think for us, it's um, having practical means to create independence. So ownership is a big one. Creating economy is another big one. Creating political action, creating social movements, you need an economy to fund these things. You, we, we can't stand frontline and protest every single development that comes in because we won't ever survive like that. We need to have a voice. We need to have resources behind us so that when these colonizing or when these multinational corporations want to come in here with their big bucks and their money and, and their whatever they want to do, they can't just force their way in here because somebody is going to be in the place and we've already taken up that position. And, and so they got to work with us now. So that's why it's so important for us, you know, not just with the Internet, but with everything we're trying to create independently is that we need to start solving our own solutions, stop outsourcing to other companies and corporations because we're just trading one colonizer for another and so the more that we eliminate these dependencies on whether it's the government that hasn't treated us right or these multinational corporations that talk a good game but when they come in they take over everything and then we're stuck this this kind of helps what we've seen as you know along those lines is that tribes are able to be proactive instead of reactive to issues they can be involved in the uh, issue when it's just in conversation before it actually becomes a law or becomes written down as a rulemaking. Um, you can be involved in the conversation if you have access to the internet because you have the current flow of information. You're not getting secondhand or, or information exactly. delivered to you. You're actually part of the information flow. So let's talk now about the, the prep work. So you don't have very good connectivity now. What have you had to do to prepare for the building of the community network? We dug our own trenches. You know, it's uh, working with Hawaiian Tel now in this new capacity where the state is involved. It kind it kind of gave us uh, opportunity to kind of push Hawaiian Tel closer to working with us, and so in that sense, that was good. But then also when they come onto our land, like I was talking about, it's it's our land. We govern it. 
we do the work on it. And so it, it was only right that we're the ones that dug our own trenching and, and laid our own conduits. And so we, we did that. We, we dug about, you know, from from the street level up to our building where we'll have the main hub, we we dug a you know six hundred foot long trench. You know, luckily we have good operators in the village. We have good um, machines. We have good foremen that you know they have experience laying all kinds of different plumbing pipeline for our houses, electrical roadways. So so something like this, you know, it, it might seem amazing to a lot of people, but for us it's just it's just part of the gig. You know, we're used to it. We're, we're used to getting dirty. We're used to getting down because that's the only way things are going to get done. We can't wait for somebody else to come in and do it for us. And so we've, we've dug trenching. Um, we've set up with, with Hawaiian Tail, we, we pulled the fiber in. Uh, we set up hubs to where every, you know, all the new equipment that's going to go in to build the, the mesh net around our village is ready to go. We, we, we sunk a light. Uh, telephone pole down at the bottom of the village because we'll have two entry points and so yeah no we we're just um we're game for everything and 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 a lot of this prep work that we've done is just stuff that we've done in the past but now it relates to internet and broadband access so and and call it trial by fire but it is a uh, a great experience builder when you're forced to have to dig your own trench to, to lay your own conduit to have fiber brought in you are um, much further along than most community networks um, before you even have the first connectivity lit. Most people have some sort of delivery of service that that they start using before they actually start building infrastructure, really heavy-duty infrastructure. And this is great to see um, you get that experience, and now you know what it takes. Right. Mahalo. So what are we going to be doing the next two days in Waimanalo? Well, we'll probably be getting eating some good Hawaiian food. You know, <laughs> some lao lao, I hear. Some lao lao. We'll, we'll probably be, um, you know, checking out the scenery. But, but you know, we'll be in there. We'll be we'll be building the network. And, um, you know, I le- we'd like to thank Buy Cells for, for bringing in the equipment and helping to donate all of that. And, and you know, and we're, we're just kind of looking to see and, and experience what, you know, finishing this whole thing off. We, we, we did the first part. Now we're bringing in the, you know, the technical side. We're bringing in some of the experts, you know, from around the world that that'll come in. To me, I, you know, I, I just want to see how this 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 takes place because we have so much experts here. It's gonna be like 150 guys changing one light bulb, and, and so it's just like I want I want to see how this is organized. Like who's the chief and who's the Indians and and who's gonna make it go? But you know, that's part of the excitement and and. You know, we, we kind of like spread this, in you know, this story out amongst our network and amongst our community. So everybody's excited. So we're expecting like a couple hundred people to, to be there and just kind of watch and, and learn. And and we're just, um, you know, so excited to get this network going. But hopefully by Friday we'll be totally lit up. But I think that's third, the second day. That's the second day. Yeah. So the first day, <laughs> day two. <laughs> right, right, right. So the first day, I guess um, we'll be in a training with uh, buy sales in the morning. And then we'll be um, kind of watching, you know, the experts kind of light up that first line. And then the second day, they'll um, just kind of shadow us. And whatever we learned on the first day, we'll do for the second entry point. And, um, We'll see if we did a good job on that, and and we'll we'll try and light it up then. 
So what are the what are the connections going to in the in this uh, initial round of the network? Okay, the the first connection is actually going to our front gate so that we can kind of get around this huge tree that is in the way of getting <laughs> this connection down to the bottom part of our village. Sorry, when you say a huge tree, I think you I mean as I said before, I'm, you're already you're a big guy. Yeah, like, I'm talking like <laughs> like a hundred fifty foot tall, you know, a hundred feet wide, you know, it's probably more than a hundred feet wide, two hundred foot wide banyan tree. And this equipment doesn't go through that type of, you know, I don't think much leafage. of anything goes through a banyan tree. I don't think tree. so either. And so we you know, we had to do two uh installations. So the first installation is gonna go kinda at the bottom of our village near our front gate. And then the second installation is actually going to go to our community hall, which is actually kind of like set up on a hill that overlooks all the homes. And so I guess from there, we're going to like shoot the mesh network out and, and connect to all the homes from there. It's kind of a central hub and, and uh, a place where everything can kind of originate and be, be spread out. Yeah, that's that's almost exactly right and uh and the design of the network is is designed because of geography which is typical to uh, tribal installations most tribes are in very geographically diverse areas that have obstacles and you have to get creative to be able to deploy the <laughs> network to, to all the people and uh and you have it right i mean we're we're going to um spencer sevilla and mario triggs and myself and a few others are going to do some demonstration of product and probably show how you know the installation of the of one or two pieces goes and then you know we'd love to hand it over and, and have you do that because experience and hands-on is the key because then we know that you've done it you've uh experienced the process and and um there's success after that because you can rely on yourself and your knowledge of what what happened and and if we shadow and, and you know just offer suggestion or support it's a great way to start this, and hands-on is how most of uh, tribal people learn. Visual and hands-on, we're all about seeing what happens and how it works. So let me ask you, and I and I want to follow up in like maybe a year or two to see how accurate this is. How do you think this is going to change things? Like, what's the what's the result going to be of this network? Well, already it's it's kind of brought in like this new excitement to our village, and you know we're we're so independent and we're so used to doing things on our own and just like scratching and crawling, you know, just to get like roads in there and just to get you know houses built that that this will kind of just take us to you know bring us up to modern times because honestly our network is non-existent we have no internet access in our village right now so most of our things are run off of cellular data off of hotspots which can be really expensive and that kind of cuts into the things that we could do otherwise. So first off, it's going to save us a lot of money by doing this. Secondly, it's going to it's gonna enhance our reach because we rely a lot on social media. We rely a lot on the internet for research and development issues and, and to stay connected with the world because we believe that connectivity is actually the 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 real sovereignty that that is emerging around the world because we're not trapped behind these political barriers these landlocked barriers we're not going to be fighting over land anymore we feel that with this internet connection it's the beginning of the rise of a digital nation and we want to be the people on the forefront of that so just this opportunity alone allows us to 
imagine and to hope and to and to to bring excitement to to our village because you you know with the internet with with um you know stuff like blockchain technology stuff like cryptocurrency you know e-commerce um you know just connecting with with these people that that have these experiences and expertise and technology and innovation that the state governments and the federal governments are not bringing to us so now we don't need them now we can go around them we can go through them we can go to anywhere around the world and connect with people that 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 want to help and so it's it's a way for us to improve our political economic and social standards and just read the standards of life inside our village and eventually to the rest of the hawaiian population around the the other islands great well thank you so much brandon maka'ava'ava from Waimanalo. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Mahalo, Chris. Thank you for having me. And, and thank you for Matt. And thank you to ISOC and um, everybody that's here. We really appreciate what's going on. And, and you know, this year it's about us. But when we're lit up, we're, we're ready to help everybody else. So it's about empowering. And it's about empowering every single community after this. If we can be an example of hope, then... Let's let's be that example. Let's shine that light. You know, next year is scheduled for Winnipeg. I think uh, I don't know how often you've experienced a, a winter that far north, but I think we should we should move it to a little later, maybe January or February in Winnipeg. <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys are the boss of cold. We, you know, I, we're, we're we're just following you. So if you lead us into a blizzard, you know, next time you come to Hawaii, we might take you to North Shore. You know, during December and teach you how to swim out there. <laughs> That was Christopher with Brandon Maka'ava'ava and Matt Rantanen at the 2019 Indigenous Connectivity Summit in Hawaii, where they worked to deploy a fixed wireless community broadband network for Brandon's village. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow MuniNetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at MuniNetworks. Subscribe to this podcast and the other podcasts from ILSR, Building Local Power, and the Local Energy Rules podcast. You can access them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount helps keep us going. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song, Warm Duck Shuffle, License Through Creative Commons, and thank you for listening to episode 385 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. <laughs>